Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, some news out today and you've probably uh, been across it. It was in the, the Daily Telegraph and other publications by News Corp as well. That uh, Well, the, the financial state or sh- should we say the financial health of rugby league at the top level, um, it's in very good shape. And uh, a good article today written by Jasper Bruce, who is a journo uh, with uh, News Corp. And Jasper now joins us on the line. Hey, thanks for joining us, mate, on Higher Ground. Always a pleasure, Chris. Now, I, I read with interest uh, your your article, so you, you've done a fair bit of research in there. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of figures in there. Before we get into the nitty gritty and, and where the you know the revenues and the increase in revenues has, has come, um, it surprised me initially when I, I, I read it that the game is in much stronger financial health now than pre-COVID, um, which just it sounded a bit bit strange to me how that could possibly happen. You would have thought that you know with COVID the game would financially be hit hard, but in in fact it's way out in front. That's exactly right, Chris. Yeah, despite thirty million or nearly thirty million dollars in COVID nineteen costs spent uh, just last year, the the game is somehow in a better position than it was before the pandemic began. At least according to Australian Rugby League Commissioner uh, Commission Chairman Peter Volandi. So quite incredible there. But you know, with the way that Peter Volandi has bailed out rugby league since the pandemic began, time and time again, it's, it's hardly a surprise, is it? <laughs> No, I, I'm just trying to work out in it sort of you know in a simple terms for for dummies like me. Um, so yeah. what are we saying? It's about a 37 percent increase than the the year prior in terms of revenue. Um, and keep yeah. in mind a lot so of the, 30... lot of, a lot of the grounds, you know, we didn't have fans allowed through and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, break it down for us. Well, that, that's right. 37% increase. So a total of $575.1 million in revenue, which if we're talking surplus, that's $43.1 million basically uh, up. So that, that's fantastic news for the NRL. And what it's helped to do is it's helped the NRL to pay back a lot of the pay cuts that players had to take last year when the pandemic financial hit sort of came calling. Mm. So... The, the NRL and the Players Association agreed at the end of last year that players would be paid reparations, essentially, for that. And that equates to $5.5 million. So most of the pay cuts now have been paid back to players, which is fantastic news. And there's also been $5.5 million allotted for the end of this year. So, so that's great as well. And it's also helped the NRL to increase the amount of money that clubs are distributed. So essentially, they've, they've paid out 239 0.6 million dollars so hardly pocket change there you know, in grants to the 16 clubs and that's five percent up from from last year as well so so fantastic news and, and what's great about it is the players hopefully and the clubs are the winners from that from that big money not the people in head office it's going to be hopefully the the money distributed to clubs they can make use of for our game yeah absolutely so i'm just seeing a, a quote from peter vlandy's um significant revenue increases and ongoing efficiencies at NRL head office. Well, it was just, you know, 
they were spending it like like there was no tomorrow. You you rewind a few years and um, Blandy's has, has really slashed costs, operating costs. I know that, but significant revenue increases. Would some of this be um, because the origin from the previous series was pushed back and, and the revenue falls into a, a different financial year? Would that explain some of it, do you know? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that one, Chris. Mm. I've just got the info that the NRL sent out to us journos, but I do know that the NRL's adamant how adamant they were about moving into state last year to Queensland as they did rather than playing games in front of empty stadiums. They were really adamant that they didn't want to do that. And obviously that's paid off, hasn't it? Queensland, obviously they're rugby league mad. So getting people into stadiums, getting bums on seats has obviously paid big dividends. And, and you've got to take your hat off to the NRL and to Peter Volandis. Yeah, and, and absolutely. So, yeah, look, I, I, in a nutshell, it is really good news, really good news. And, you know, a lot of it's, you know, mm. you, you can make figures seem better than they are with, uh, you know, uh, creative accounting and all that. But anyway, it, it, it's great for the game that it is in good financial um, health. All right. Uh, trials from the weekend. Uh, were you at the Storm game, were you? Well, I wasn't actually out there. News Corp didn't fly me down to Ballarat <laughs> in Sydney, unfortunately. So I was covering that one from afar. But it looked quite a windy day in Ballarat. So it was, it was okay by me to be watching that one from afar. But no, I was covering that one remotely for News Corp. And the storm back to their best right that was probably the big takeaway there obviously they had a bit of a number put on them by the warriors well not not a huge score uh, but they, they did lose to the warriors last week and what people probably probably might have thought was a surprise but you have to remember as well chris teams aren't necessarily fielding their best 17 in these trials are they it's kind of so coaches can have a look at individual players rather than rather than having a look at what the team's going to look like in round one necessarily but having said that you know we did see some of the Storm's heavy hitters. Jerome Hughes played a fantastic game. We saw uh, Cameron Munster came out there a little bit as well. So really good to see those guys back in action. One that was a bit worrying out of that game was that Cooper Johns, who's the son of SEN, uh, big yes. name Matty Johns, <laughs> uh, he actually limped off with a bit of an AC joint injury. So he's at long odds to start round one. And obviously he's not a regular member of the Storm spine, but given Cameron Munster's suspended for round one, he was likely going to fill in for him in round one. So now Craig Bellamy's got to start looking, oh, geez, who do I fill in here? My third choice, 5'8". Um, looking like Nick Meaney might be a good option there. Nick Meaney, who's been been signed from the Bulldogs. And, you know, he played a bit of half, uh, played in halves a bit and played a bit of fullback the other day. Almost looked as if he could be the Nico Hines for this season for the Storm if he's, uh, if he's up to it. Mm, absolutely. Um, one name that, that I watched, I didn't watch all of that match, um, the Storm Knights, but, um, gee, I like the look of, um, of Tyron Wishart. He, he, he looks like he can really go. They've got, they've got quite a, um, a lot of depth in the number nines, haven't they? Melbourne Storm. That's exactly right. Speaking of son of a gun. Yeah. Tyron Wishart, fantastic service out of dummy half. I thought got a try there towards the end and yeah, he will start at number nine in round one for the Melbourne Storm. So that's fantastic news for him. And like you said, he's kind of been stuck in third place there behind Harry Grant and Brandon Smith, who, to be fair, probably two of the best four or five hookers in the league. So, you know, it's, it's no mean feat getting in front of those guys at the best of times. But it's, it's good thing as they're both suspended for round one as well, that he'll get a chance to sort of show his wares maybe to other clubs as much as to the Storm, what he could do maybe as a starting number nine going forward. Yeah, and, and and people might be wondering how how could he possibly be um, starting for round one? But you, you've you've outlined that uh, Harry Grant and uh, Brandon Smith both unavailable through suspension. Mm-hmm. They've got another well and another um, well a son of in uh, Bronson Garlic too. He got a bit of game time there, and he looks really really sharp. I've seen a fair bit of him 
New South Wales Cup level. Um, so there's another son of uh, to watch going forward, which is quite a theme, I guess, going through um, club by club this year. Did you catch any of tonight's game? Um, the Sharks convincing winners over the Dogs. I was actually covering Usman Khawaja's presser myself tonight. I was on cricket duty, so I didn't get to watch it. But, yeah, you know what I think has been really interesting, like you say, in Bronson Garlic there, these players that haven't had a whole lot of first-grade experience mm. getting to strut their stuff in trials. I think, to be honest, if we take anything away from trials, that's it, right? Maverick Geyer at the Panthers as well. That's been a great another, – another son of a gun yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, another another great, um, great story there, and, and so good to see him get a chance to – to play with people watching. I, I can't recall a season where there's ever been this much interest in pre-season trials. So it's been fantastic to see guys who might not be making the 17 every week in the regular season get a real chance to see the ship in pre-season trials. So that's that's been great uh, from a fan's point of view, I think, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm talking to Jasper Bruce, um, uh, journo, sports journo from uh, from News Corp. Yeah, so the full-time score, they're just repeating, um, if you have just uh, joined us, uh, 30 points to six the Sharks beating the Bulldogs 30 points to six um, at uh, points bet stadium out there at Cronulla five tries to one and pretty fiery affair too. Uh, there were a couple of little melees or bust ups and um, you know, I'm just trying to, they sent to the sim bin, but this hasn't got it on here. Um, but anyway, we'll talk more about that uh, in a bit. One of the other talking points out of the weekend trials um, was the incident between West Tigers and the Roosters, well, a couple of incidents and the, I guess, yeah. leniency um, in terms of suspensions or sanctions. So James Tamo, um, what he did on Sam Walker when Walker kicking in mid-flight, it could have been really, really dangerous. Well, it was dangerous, but thankfully there were no injuries. And as a result, Tamo walks away with a one-match suspension. Lindsay Collins with a cannonball tackle on uh, Jackson Hastings, wasn't it? That too could have resulted mm. in severe injury. Um, luckily, it didn't. And he escapes with a fine. Now, there are quite a few people around the game shaking their heads at the, uh, I guess, the leniency in these sanctions. Do you have some thoughts on it? Yeah, you know what I thought was most disappointing about these tackles, Chris, is that they're both totally avoidable, aren't they? The thing is, you know, mm. sometimes... You can be forgiven, maybe, when you go, oh, it's a bit unlucky. He's sort of slipped there and his shoulders hit the guy's head. You hate to see that, but, you know, it's kind of, it is an accident. But particularly that cannonball tackle from Lindsay Collins, if, if anyone doesn't know what a cannonball tackle is, it's where a player is standing upright and then a late tackler comes in and, and tackles the legs. It's not a tackle we see too much of these days, but completely avoidable. And, and the James Tamo one, you know, it, it's, I was, I was incredulous that he wasn't sinned into that on field. And, and I think, what's most disappointing is that they are avoidable tackles. And for Lindsay Collins to escape with a fine, I, w I was pretty surprised by he's someone who's just come back from a long injury layoff with a knee injury. So mm. you would think he, of all people, would know how painful it is when, when you know, you fall awkwardly or you do something to your knee. So I would have thought he'd be the last bloke to pull that kind of tackle. But you know, as for James Tamo as well, very out of character. But at the same time, it doesn't make it any better just because he hasn't done it before. And really, like you said, if Sam Walker doesn't break his fall like he did there, it's quick thinking to put his hands out. You know, if he falls on his neck, you know, we, we don't know how bad that could have been. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, a real shame to see those sorts of tackles so early in the season, before the season's even uh, probably started. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously another highlight from the weekend, and I watched a bit of well, pretty much all three of the, the women's games. My goodness, the talent on show was just, it was, it was really good to watch. And, 
you can I can notice straight away an, an improvement in the quality um, from the previous NRLW season. Did you catch any of the women's games? Yeah, I did caught, caught, caught a bit of the action up there uh, just from afar. I wasn't up in Newcastle myself, unfortunately. But, yeah, just so good. And so good to see the local interest as well. I know the Knights were playing one of the games, but 5,000 people out of the NRLW there, I thought it was a fantastic Brilliant. result. Yeah. Uh, a, game, a game-winning field goal, the first of its kind in NRLW in that Parramatta versus Newcastle game. So they definitely came uh, – they got what they came to see. So fantastic product that the, the ladies are running out each and every year. And, and what a great opportunity this year had two NRLW competitions, one at the start of the year, held over from last year, and then one at the end as well. So we're, we're definitely not going to have a shortage, hopefully, of, of fantastic, high-quality uh, female rugby league players doing what they do best, which is entertaining with footy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Jasper, well, thanks for jumping on the line, mate. I appreciate having a chat to you, and uh, we'll, we'll do it again, if you don't mind, as the season rolls on. Always a pleasure, Chris. Looking forward to it already.